Welcome to Love and Life. Myself, Jonathan Sinclair and Sia Sangweni Finn are standing in for Penny today, who is running um, a few errands and couldn't make her show today. But we have a fascinating topic today. And sorry, I'm just throwing my pen around the studio. Oh, wow. You're just on the ball. <laughs> yes. I love it. It's a very hashtag unconventional yeah. uh, replacement for Love and Life with Penny. But, you know, I think it's still going to be an hour of insightful conversation. Mm. This is very, very close to what where I was in like two two seconds away, really. It's all about matrix stress, how we yes. are as a society, how... You know, teenagers can actually handle and take this on and how they're actually dealing with it. So it's yeah. quite a little relevant topic, I have to say. No, and some of the questions we will be answering with our guest who we will introduce in just a moment. We're going to learn how to say no. Um, how do you create balance in your life when you have a million things going on? Um, how so do like you... yoga, uh, well, downward facing dog, the, putting I... your palms up in the air and you... Relaxing. I no, don't <laughs> think that is the kind of balance we are talking about. But we'll also know how to understand who you are, where your self-worth should come from, uh, what is your self-worth, and all of these things. But our guest, and who we are so privileged to have you in studio, is Dr. Yasin Ali. Is that correct how we say it? Yes, it is. Doctor, let me get your mic on. I'm there so sorry. <laughs> there you go, doctor. Welcome. Am I on now? You are on now, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Put you up there. Dr. Ali, I just have to say, first and foremost, you're my new favorite person. Okay. Because you that? are a psychologist, right? Yes, I am. You cannot prescribe medication. No, that, but that is the job of a clinical psychologist or a psychiatrist. So there are different categories yeah. um, within which we function. But you still nonetheless listen to our problems. Absolutely, and, all the time. That, and that's what I do. And I heard from a little selective little birdie <laughs> that you even have the whole couch in your practice. I do, the whole the stereotypical nice red leather couch. Oh, yeah, now of course. You definitely now have a new client. Yeah, we'll, we'll chat after the show. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but just some background knowledge on you. How long have you actually been a psychologist? Okay, so I've been in practice um, for the past six years as a registered counselor. Got so it. you have different types of um, registration categories that we have in the field of psychology. Yeah. Um, we have the registered counselor, you have counseling psychologists, educational psychologists, um, and psychiatrists, obviously. Okay. Okay. I have a PhD in psychology, just completed it this year. So oh, wow. congratulations. Thank you yes. very much. Yeah. Wow. Officially a doctor and I'm done with the study. How many yeah. years of your life did that take out? 13 years. <laughs> yeah, it's been a journey. Yeah, so. It has been a journey. I'm wow. filled with lots of trauma, but well Plus worth it. 12 years at school. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you yourself need a psychologist to deal with this whole we process. All do. <laughs> we all do. Everyone needs someone that they can chat to. Yeah. yeah. But what was it for you that made you want to enter this field? Do you know, I think that South Africa is a place that's filled with so many needs and unfulfilled needs that, that people just, um, we don't really have a need um, mm -hmm. base that is being met. So, for example, um, there are lots of traumas, okay, yeah. lots of violence, lots of crime. Um, and, and from a very young age, obviously, we're exposed to this. When you're in school, there's a lot of bullying. Um, there's a lot of peer pressure. You have self-esteem issues. But not really. there's no one to actually listen to you. Exactly. No one gives you the time of day. Okay, in fact, you just left on your own unless you come from a very privileged background or family um, where you can get access to these particular needs yeah. and services. So mm. um, I'm always interested in community psychology and community service. Um, and I just found this passion somehow along the line. I slipped into it and boom, 13 years later, here I am. Mm. Mm. What was your turning point where you said this is what I'm going to commit my life to? What happened that you realized you can help people by 
just, I don't know, I suppose being there and being unbiased. Sometimes it's easy to find someone to listen to you, but yes. perhaps they're not an unbiased source to sure. give you advice. Well, that's to, why we have friends. Yeah. You know, they tell us crap on time. They tell us where to get <laughs> off. Um, mm. That's exactly what happens. And, and the role of a psychologist or a registered counselor is to obviously take your pain, Take your experience and give it back to you in a manner that's more manageable. Mm, exactly. And in South Africa at the moment, with all the trauma, all the violence, all the needs out there, um, mm. there's a definite um, lacking of registered counselors. And at the South African College of Applied Psychology, um, where I am an educator, this is one of the needs that we're attempting to, to address. Mm-hmm. That's slightly scary though mm-hmm. That there's a lack of psychologists That kind of yeah. says we have a, a, We're a society with a whole lot of issues but A lot of issues Why do we have a lack? Is it because yeah. the studying process is too long? Uh, for, so perhaps lots of them start very few finish mm. huh? What is the problem? Well, well that's one of the major reasons um, When it comes to, to actually practicing as a psychologist You need to have a master's degree As a bare minimum And to get in wow. for your master's degree There's uh, a very stringent selection process mm. So maybe 12 students per year yeah. Get selected from a pool of about 140 but so why, actually, why is that when they know there's a shortage of psychologists, do they only take so many? I, I, yeah, I think it also boils down to, to services that are available and mm. uh, the number of, of educators and lecturers and the capacity of universities, which is why there's been the introduction of the registered counselor category. Mm-hmm. So once you have your degree, you can complete an honors degree. And, and from that particular perspective, you can practice, register with counsel, and, and you can deal with all sorts of traumas within limited scope, of course. Yeah. And in the South African College of Applied Psychology is one of the very few colleges or institutions in South Africa that are currently offering the B-Psych qualification. How is South Africa as a society, given, you know, we are this rainbow nation, yes, and we have a lot of different cultures and people, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I still feel, I think taboo is not the right word, but there's still this almost stigma to certain things. And like going to psychology still might have the little, oh, you're crazy. It's not like, no, I just need <laughs> someone to talk to or I just need to vent. Yeah, there is that perception that if you're exactly. going to see someone for, let's say, mental health reasons, that you are a weak person or something. Just even you. Using that person. term mental health is yeah. like, well, yeah. there oh, goes. My therapist, my therapist oh, said. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So how are we as a nation? Are we opening up to that? Is it something that's we're getting more comfortable with? I, I think as South Africa westernizes as well, um, which is something that we are seeing, um, it's, it's happening exponentially. Yeah. Um, a lot of younger people coming into the scene and, and being exposed to social media mm. because the world is just limitless at the moment. Um, everyone's kind of opening up to the idea of, hey, maybe I can go and speak to this guy, this Dr. Ali or the yeah. psychologist. Maybe it's not really a big deal. You know, and, and one of the things that we do teach um, our students at the college is, you know, in the same way that you go to a medical practitioner to get medication if you have a flu, um, if you have certain emotions that you are not coping with or yeah. certain experiences, you need someone that can just assist you in managing it. But that would then be a long-term process, whereas if you were just going to the GP for your headache or your, your mm. sore throat, mm. it would be a once-off visit. This sure. is an ongoing process, is it not? It depends. So, for example, the role of the registered counselor is to address the trauma as it happens in the moment. Mm -hmm. So as opposed to leaving you sitting with that pain for a few months, which can develop those symptoms into a more permanent disorder, um, we actually contain that pain. Mm. And we teach you the coping strategies around that. So Mm. um, it's about in the immediate aftermath of, say, for example, a hijacking. Yeah. Um, we deal with the fear. We deal with the pain, with that actual trauma. Mm. And we teach you the coping strategies that you require to just move on. 
Huh. So mm-hmm. the sooner a trauma is dealt with, the better. Oh, yes. And, and there is that perception that, you know what, don't worry, just pray, um, you know, or yeah. have some sugar water or yeah. just get some mm-hmm. rest, have a burger, go have some ice cream, mm-hmm. um, and things will be okay. But you don't realize that in that process, you start developing very bad habits. Um, you start smoking more. Oh, you start drinking home. a lot more. This is hitting home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's very important for us to realize. Um, and I want the listeners to just maybe internalize this one point. That um, going to see a psychologist or going to see a counselor does not make you crazy. Mm. It just makes you someone who is I say, brave enough. Exact opposite of that. that. Mm. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, you actually realize, hey, I do have a problem. I need mm. some help. I mm. can't cope on my own. So it's actually the total opposite of being crazy. Actually, absolutely admitting that. And of I, course, yeah. Of but course. just on a personal level, sure. what sort of person do you have to be to go into psychology? Because mm. it's one thing to deal with your own issues. Now you're saying full on nine to five or even longer, you're going to sit down, you're going to listen to other people's issues. That's hectic. It's quite a stressful position, but remember that part of your training teaches you how to cope with those emotions with um, transference of feelings. So right now... You see you're using psychology terms now. Very professional. (laughs) Transferring of feelings. Well, basically, if I'm really down, and I start speaking in that particular manner too, you'll actually pick up on that. Mm-hmm. So when you watch a, a particular film, let's say Titanic, towards the end, by the time Jack is sinking down, you also cry. You're gone. You're exactly, a mess. exactly, because you've picked up on those emotions. Uh-huh. So part of your training teaches you how to manage that and how you actually have to find coping strategies and your own resources to rely upon. Oi. Mm-hmm. That's very, very freaky. Now you got me thinking <laughs> a hectic amount now. But doctor, let's just go back to what you are doing, you are placing special emphasis on matrix and yes. the stress that they deal with, especially this time of year. Um, what, what is going on with that? What, what is your objective in dealing with matrix? Okay, so, so what we've discussed at the South African College of Applied Psychology um, together with other educators is that um, the matrix year of, for all of us, and, and you just mentioned that a, t- Two a few seconds, seconds ago yeah, you were in matrix. So you see, you understand just how intense that was. Very, yeah. Okay. And, and at that point, you just feel like, oh, my God, my life is falling apart. Yeah. There's no one to support me. I just would rather count the birds outside than to study. Or I, I can't pass. Um, I'm never going to make this. Yeah. Uh, what am I going to do with my life? So you're literally standing at the crossroads, not knowing where I'm headed. Or you have an idea that, yeah, I want to be this gynecologist. Or and not I want to be an <laughs> yeah. accountant. But you don't understand the nitty gritty of that. Oh, it's just everything. It's mm-hmm. this perception of what you want to do mixed then with a slap of reality yes. of yes. what your circumstances are. And not only you're dealing with your own issues, it's pressure. Absolutely. Your Absolutely. parents are on you. Mm-hmm. Your siblings are on you. Yeah. Literally, okay, let me be exact. <laughs> right. My parents were better like, listen, you got to ship up and shape up and you got to be ready. My siblings are on this term of, well, I got five A's, but <laughs> try beating that. Yeah. You have your school who mm-hmm. wants to remain and have this great image. You have your friends. You, you have want to get accepted society to society as a whole. Mm. Oh, Lord, where's your red chair? I need to like <laughs> slash down. Like I said, we'll have a discussion after exactly. the session. But, but at the college, we had this discussion about uh, what can we do just to take the information we have and share it with students uh, in the country. Mm, and, yeah. and that is where this whole metric campaign came about. It was just to provide some education around the benefits of, of just understanding yourself a little more deeply and, and stepping back. Stepping mm. back from that pressure because we all have a choice. Looking at the bigger picture, I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and where do I fit into this bigger mm. picture? Mm. The fascinating thing that I'd like to know is, have the metrics in 2014, for example, carry more of this stress, this anxiety, these issues versus the metrics of, for example, 2014? 
2004. Okay. Uh, let's just do that comparison. From 2004 to 2014, that's a 10-year gap. Yeah. And in this 10 years, uh, a lot has taken place. If we look at some of the major influences um, that adolescents have as, as their role models, um, we have Nicki Minaj. We've got these Justin oh, yes. Bieber. We've got a lot going on. We've got Twitter. We've got Twitter. We've got Facebook. We've got social media. The yeah. world is available to everyone. Mm-hmm. And with that availability um, comes this crisis of sorts. Because mm-hmm. remember that as an adolescent, you are in that process developmentally, emotionally, um, mentally, physically, where you are um, establishing an identity for yourself. So this means that you will hang around with certain people. Um, and if you get along with them well enough, then hey, you will adopt the way in which they speak and the things they do, the way they yeah. dress, mm. which is why sometimes teenagers would love their body piercings and, you know, they make their hair all sh- sorts of, of the uh-huh. rainbow, colors of the rainbow, etc. because you're experimenting. You don't know. Who you are as yet hmm. So it, it's a crisis of sorts Because not only are you faced with this identity Of who am I in life But now I've got to make a decision In terms of where do I want to be hmm. And how am I going to be defined Am I going to be a doctor Am I going to be a musician, a dancer wow. So it, it's a very tough period yeah. you know, that, that these teenagers find themselves in So are you trying to help them get through the exam process per se Or are you trying to help them more With the after, aftermath of matric Both Okay, so you're trying to help them get through now Mm -hmm. and make the right choices about later. Absolutely, because remember the decision of what happens later depends on how you perform right now Mm -hmm. in your Mm -hmm. metric exam. But your uh, performance in the metric exam and your concentration also depends on where you see yourself going in the future. Why are you doing all of that? So it's all linked. It's all all like a chain reaction. Absolutely, and and, and with that, like you said, it's pressure from your siblings because I had six A's in metric Mm -hmm. and you will make sure you get those marks. My parents expect certain things. Why are you not studying? You know, but I just want to be on Facebook for five minutes. And, you know, mm. people don't tend to understand the pressures that comes with being yeah. an adolescent in 2014. It's easy for parents to mm. look back and realize how important an education is and to say your kids must study for a certain amount of hours a day. But they don't actually remember, I think, what it was like back then. Mm. Because now um, education might be so big to your parents, but to you it might not be such a big thing. And, and you haven't had that problem. life experience to realize how important it Absolutely. is. Absolutely, and that's another thing, because if we listen to a lot of the music, um, watch these films, some of the major influences, like I've mentioned, um, the messages that are portrayed in in, in their particular themes or, or their existence Doesn't really include education very strongly Oh no you, you know what I mean Nobody's saying Hey, don't pop bottles Pop yeah. exactly, exactly. A textbook it's, open Absolutely <laughs> and, and with that comes this Well, I don't need to study I'm going to be just like So and so superstar yeah. mm-hmm. But you don't realize That there is their career you know, and oftentimes Those people do have degrees Those people yes, they have do. educations mm-hmm. You it, just because they're a singer doesn't mean they haven't got something behind them. For eh? sure. And we know that, yeah. you know, with the current work situation, not just in South Africa, but across the world, that even with a qualification, it's so difficult to find employment. Mm. So imagine how difficult this is without, without a, yeah. a, you know, a higher degree certificate. Mm. I don't know if this is backtracking too much, but sure. I feel like the crux of all of this stems from who you are as a person. Yes. Now, from your professional, you know, wisdom, it's not even education, it's wisdom. It sounds more <laughs> philosophical. <laughs> Do you create the type of person who you are or are you naturally that person and mm. you just need life to hone it out? Okay. 
and what goes into creating who you are if you do create? Sure. Yeah. So, so there is this debate in psychology that we constantly, you know, throw at our students, and it's about nature versus nurture. Mm. And oh, is nature that like is the thesis oh, it's question? A, it's yeah. A okay. Huge got thing. it. Got it. <laughs> it. It's the basis for our beginning. Um, you know, when you get students into psychology, it's nature versus nurture. So, nature meaning what I'm born with, uh-huh. my genetics, mm. the the size of my nose, yeah. things that I just cannot change. Um, some people are born with a natural tendency towards being aggressive or loud or outspoken others mm. are just naturally quiet yeah and there's not a lot that you can do to change that okay? where does that come does that come from genetics it is genetics it is so genetics. your person really? your personality really can be affected by genetics in part it can mm-hmm. all right ah. but then there's also the nurture debate that mm. i'm born into this environment and the manner in which my parents treat me and, mm. and raise me mm. and nurture me those are the factors that actually will bring out my my actual um you know the, the for example the the anger that's inside of me or yeah. um what i'm born with essentially yeah. so the two actually function together and that's what we try to bring out it's your personality depends on this um but mm. you can shift certain pieces and other elements you've got to learn how to control manage or work with mm. you say you can shift certain pieces yes. but is there like a crux the right, the core of who you are. Is that like you're born with it? You can't. Yeah. For example, some people who have sociopathic tendencies. Mm-hmm. Is, that, like, is that set yeah. in stone from birth? That I, type I don't of thing. know if it's set in stone from birth. There are different theories. So some mm. theories indicate you are born with this. Okay. And then you've got to learn how to treat it. Others are, no, it's the social environment or it's based on certain traumas that you're exposed to. Mm. So it's very difficult to actually pinpoint it. You know, yeah. um, and come up with one particular answer. Not to throw you in hot water, course, but what do you course. believe? <laughs> I believe in a combination of both. That okay. We are born with certain traits, with certain um, genetic factors that place us in certain positions. Um, but at the same time, it's our environments that can shift and shape that completely. Yeah. But now, doctor, what would you say to a, a family? Let's say their one child is born and they're a quiet, reserved child. Second child comes along, he's off the wall, he's very uh, extroverted. He's out but, there. but now he's they have the there. same genetics okay. and they really haven't had much time in the environment to be. So they were born from the same parents. But so clearly someone has adopted or someone is lying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're just born that <laughs> way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, this is the first thing I would say to parents is stop comparing. You know, mm-hmm. no two fingers are the same and, and your two kids can never be the same. Mm-hmm. There's intelligence that is expressed in different ways um, And for example, my brother is really good with mathematics I hate it mm. I am horrible with numbers Oh yeah I, I'm horrible with numbers, right? But I'm really good at speaking to people And understanding the psychological mm. processes So um, intelligence is expressed in different ways mm-hmm. And you just need to allow your child wow. To find their own intelligence Mm-hmm Oh, I'm writing that down. I'm going to tell my well, mama tonight. In terms of these intelligences, there are <laughs> yes. several times, like you could be musically inclined. Absolutely. Uh, and like you say, you are, I don't know if the correct word would be verbally inclined. It or, could be, or even just more socially inclined. Yeah, socially yeah. inclined. And then you, like you say, you get your brother who's into the mathematics. Mm-hmm. And so those more people, analytical. Yeah, those people mm-hmm. might be good in profi- uh, medical fields yes. or et cetera, yes. et cetera. Yes. Um, but then what about people whose kids might, say, be a good drummer, um, but then they don't really want an education. Mm-hmm. Do you force your kid to get an education even though they want to pursue a career in drumming? Okay. This is a conundrum um, that many parents have asked me when they bring their kids in for counseling and you know, the son says, well, I'm really good at maths and the, the results in school are you know, fantastic. They've got A's across the board. Um, they, they speak really well. They can hold a conversation, but they indicate that I have no intention of going to WITS or mm. you know, for any huh. a- educational institution at all. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's a big thing because we understand 
understand the value of an education. <laughs> we, we do mm. understand the value of an education, but, and our parents do. But mm. young people, like I said, based on many influences, yeah. don't see that. They haven't had I've to fend for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've got the skills. So, hey, I can play the drums. I don't really need to, to study for this. I don't need a piece of paper. Mm. Unfortunately, though, um, part of my role is to make them see the flip side. Yeah. That you can get a qualification in drumming or music. Mm. And that in itself will place you in a better position of being mm -hmm. employed. Than just having this random field. wish. There we yeah. go. Before we get right into the thick of the actual matric exams conversation. Yes. Do you think a student is really going through this alone? Or should it be a conversation between the teacher, the parents, the family members, the friends, mm. the influences mm. in the life? Or can someone just be like, you know, it's, it's all about me. It's all about my life and I can handle this. Okay. What do you advise as a psychologist? So it is, you know, on one level, it is about you. It is about your own life. It is about where you see yourself going. Okay. But at the same time, we are not functioning in glass bottles. You know, we are social beings mm. and we have to interact with others. We get ideas from other people. So when I was in school, I thought that I was going to be a pilot. I wanted to fly in, in, this, in, the, in the air. You know, that's what I wanted. But clearly that didn't work out the way I wanted. Yeah, it, I had many know? a change. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we've got these perceptions of what those careers will be um, or who we think we are. But unless we interact with other people, we mm. won't really understand if that truly is who we are. But also sometimes, like Sia was saying earlier, the reality of what you think you want to do and actually doing that thing. So, mm -hmm. for instance, you might have wanted to be a pilot, but you don't realize yes. that actually you're not actually going to be flying that plane. You're going to be sure. pressing a few buttons and the plane flies itself. Oh, yeah. I wanted to be a doctor just because you wear a coat. And people when you're your doctor? No, when you run to patients, right. your coat flaps in the air like a superhero. Okay. Yeah. Then I realized you're actually running to see blood. And I was like, okay, maybe yeah, not You that. see, sometimes <laughs> the reality of that career is not what you expect. But sure. when we come back from the break, doctor, I want to chat to you about self worth and how we base for instance what our jobs are uh, maybe the, our marks in matric on and how you even go about yeah. defining all of that and deciding for yourself and what is your self-worth and what it should be based on we sure. chat about that after the break when you try your best but you don't succeed when you get what you want but not what you need when you feel so tired but you can't sleep stuck in rivers and the tears come streaming down your face when you lose something you can't replace when you love someone but it to waste Could it be Just watch you 
What a song. It's Fix You by Coldplay. And listen, we're like two seconds away from being an absolute mess in studio, talking about something heavy. We have a psychologist, Dr. Yasin Ali, in here. He's telling it like it is. Basically, in the three minutes of the song, he told me that I'm a control freak and I need like a few sessions with him. No, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would agree with that. And I know people who are often very picky about what they eat are very controlling. And you'll often find with anorexic people, the doctor will tell you. No, 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 no. Hold they, up. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying Sia is anorexic, but people who are in very trying to control what they put into their body are, are generally control freaks. They... They like things in I don't appreciate orders. that the doctor's nodding his head. So yeah. listen, this is not a pick on Sia. Oh, it's actually often, often the reason Sia doesn't eat throughout the entire day is uh, not because he isn't hungry, okay. but it's because he will only eat very... Now, he's a vegetarian, uh, but he won't eat vegetables. He won't eat... The, he, he's a, the most pickiest vegetarian I've ever met. But moving anyway, on. That is besides yes, the point. This is not pick on Sia Hour. It's yes. a special edition of Love and Life. Penny is not in the building today. Yes. So it's just Sia and Jonathan taking over your airways for the next few 20-odd minutes as we talk about stress and particularly matrix stress with Dr. Yassine Ali. He's quite a qualified guy, a lot of tons of experience that I was already milking. So let's continue this discussion. Very, very fascinating. Yeah. So before the break, we said we were going to start hinting at the fact of self-worth. Yeah. And does that actually play a, a huge role in the likes of matrix students as they head into exams? Sure, not just matrix students, but everyone. Yeah. I mean, we have a self-worth, and the self-worth is the value that we place upon ourselves. So that's what it's defined as. It is. It's, it, it, it's the value that we place upon ourselves. And, you know, as much as we do love who we are, yeah. um, remember that the manner in which we live our lives, um, it's in the social world. So with parents, with friends, with teachers, with people around us, and we are constantly fed with certain comments or criticisms mm. or negative remarks. And what we tend to do is we rely a lot more on those negative um, mm. points or comments that people give us, and we internalize it. So someone says, but what's wrong? Why do you have on that T-shirt? Or yeah. you, know, you shouldn't be wearing that. Yeah. And suddenly you think, but I like it, but okay, is something wrong with it? You know, mm. Do I not have style? Or what's wrong with me? Huh. Whereas, you know? are you saying we will, we're more likely to forget the good comments that get put to us? And I mean, I'm just thinking to myself, I can remember all of my colleagues in this office, I can remember the bad things they've said to me, That's exactly but I'm it. trying to remember exactly the good things they've yeah. said to me, and I know they have, I just can't remember them. Like, For sure, because yeah. we are so attuned to actually... Um, you know, listening to things that are bad and wrong. Mm -hmm. That the moment someone says something good, it's like, no, no, don't tell me that. What's wrong with me? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's almost as though it's you get uncomfortable defense. when people compliment you. I of find course. that with myself, and you try almost change the subject or steer it in a different direction and say, ah, oh, just laugh it off. I, I don't think we know how to take compliments with. I don't think we want to be seen as um, vain or... For sure. Yeah. You see, there's this fine line between, and I can use happiness as the perfect example. Some people, it, it, it's a fine line between knowing you should be happy and deserving, feeling like you deserve to be happy. Now, does, mm. is, is that the likes of yeah. self-worth? Because, for example, yeah. you know, I could say that I'm a people's person, sociable and, and, and you know, confident but saying I have great self-worth, and is that also related with self-esteem? It's quite a tricky sure, thing sure. to decipher within yourself even. So, yeah, self-esteem has actually become the um, – it, it's almost the pop psychology term that a lot of people rely upon. Okay. Self-esteem is the feeling that we have about who we are, okay. essentially, in a nutshell. Okay. But it's made up of so many different components, your self-worth, um, your self-efficacy, all these big terms and terminology. But essentially, it's about me. 
mm-hmm. my feelings towards myself, the value I place on who I am, and taking all of that and then relating this to the world. So how do you go about deciphering how you feel about yourself? Okay, so it's an interesting point. How many times during the day do you actually look in the mirror and say, hey, sexy thing, I love you? Oh. I don't, yeah, I think for most, okay, okay. I can't speak for Sia, right. but for the rest of us, I, I don't okay. think we ever do that, yeah. is really. It, is it a comfortable process just looking at yourself mm. in the mirror and pointing out everything that's good about you? Or will mm. you look at everything that's, uh-huh. that's bad or negative, right? And I've got to link this up to another concept called the inner critic. I don't know if you've heard of this, but the inner critic is that voice that plays in your mind all the time. We all mm-hmm. have it, yeah. and it develops in relation to the comments we receive from other people. Mm-hmm. So the inner critic is actually there to protect us, quite ironically. It's that voice that says, well, don't do this, or yeah. um, you know, stay away from that person. But where does it come from? It comes from the experiences we've had with other individuals. Mm-hmm. So someone wow. says to you, oh, you're such a stupid idiot, or you're so fat, or you're so mm. ugly, or you will never account to anything in life. That voice takes it and stores it in your mind. Mm. And the next time you are faced with the same or similar situation, it actually prevents you from breaking that barrier. Because it says to you, no, I can't do this. Remember the last time what happened? Exactly. Remember how you were insulted? Mm, exactly. Remember how you felt? So don't, yeah. don't make the same mistake twice. But could that voice, is that not some sort of motivation tool? So, for instance, let's say someone did call you fat and maybe you have put on a few extra. And then that inner voice could drive you maybe to not eat so many chocolates, you see, I, I would say that that is a healthier but at the end of the day, some people can't do that. At the end of the day, although the you might be losing weight, it's coming from a negative point because mm-hmm. someone called you fat. Well, look, the inner critic essentially focuses on all the negative comments. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not going to uh, hone in on anything positive to say, mm-hmm. well, you are fat going, stop this, stop eating. Yeah. It will actually um, make you feel a little more depressed because And want to eat more Exactly, think about it That thought's now in your mind And it's a negative thought mm. It's going to elicit a negative feeling mm-hmm. And the negative feeling will elicit certain behaviors Oh, yikes Doctor. But if you have a positive thought mm. It elicits positive feelings And those positive feelings elicit, elicit positive behavior mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there are ways in which we can actually um, you know, Control this inner critic We are not slaves to it And yeah. many people don't realize that mm-hmm. They actually think that voice is a part of who they are but it's actually all those comments, whether it was your dad or your parents, your friends, bullies, um, mm. whoever it was that gave you those comments, and you can externalize it. Yeah. So what I do with a lot of the, the teenagers that I work with, um, I inform them, and I just say that uh, give this inner critic a face. Just, you know, and, and I'm asking you to do that for yourselves mm, right picture, now. How does your inner critic actually look? Is it um, a little goldfish? Is it um, a, a tree? Is it a human how does it look like? What, what is this? Yeah. Make it real. Mm-hmm. Because the moment you make it real, it's no longer the inner critic. It's, it's something tangible. Mm-hmm. I can see that I know what it looks you. like. And it's not you. Yeah. And then you can actually start having conversations with it. So mm. when you're having those negative thoughts, you can actually you know, start saying, well, shut up or keep quiet. And I, I don't want to listen to you any longer. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Huh. And in so doing that, when, when you do this, you actually unmask the critic. You disarm it. And you start feeding it with more positive affirmations that you keep quiet, little, you know, goldfish in my yeah. mind. You know, I am the person in control here. You see that in a nutshell, you're touching on and you're using the terms like conversation, for example. Mm-hmm. But this is all summed up by introspection mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. what might, you know, distance a few people, meditation. Yes. Do you think that is pivotal and this is something we should be exercising in our modern day lives where we do take a few seconds and we actually... You know, I once heard a, a definition of pain being pay attention inwards now. Mm. 
Nice. And that is a powerful one. I even mm. wrote that down. I was like, yes. That is quite profound. So whenever yeah. you feel something, you should actually pay attention inwards now. And say, why am I feeling sure. this? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. But we don't actually do that. I mean, um, mm. I know for s- sometimes I actually get so caught up doing life, just doing things. Exactly. This rat race. for five minutes. Yeah. Um, mm. To step back and breathe. Just take a deep breath in and, and feel on your body where are you feeling tension or pain and, and where is this actually coming from? Yeah. And mm. the benefits of just taking five minutes a day can change the manner in which you or it can actually shift your motivation. Yeah. Because you're no longer doing things out there. You're just centering yourself back to who you are. Doctor, what should we be basing our self worth on? Should, clearly it's unhealthy to base it on your career and your the way you look. What, what should it be based on? So your self-worth is based on, and, and I've got to say, it, it's a combination of many factors. Mm-hmm. So your parents, the interaction you have with friends, schooling, um, your skill, mm-hmm. things that you like, things that you dislike. Okay, And you've got to almost conceptualize and create this mm-hmm. to work for you. Mm-hmm. You've got to make your life work for yourself mm-hmm. Because the more you hold on to um, A certain celebrity says that I've got to have A certain look mm-hmm. That's not who you are Nicki Minaj says I've got to have an anaconda that don't mm-hmm. Exactly mm-hmm. And, and many young girls are actually <laughs> yeah, doing exactly yeah. that I get, it. I get that it They no, can't do this serious. So it, it's not even They don't understand exactly what that implies but they, they're twerking and they're doing all sorts of strange contortions mm. with their bodies. Yeah. They don't understand <laughs> exactly. They don't understand the implication of that yeah. and the image that is then portrayed in the minds of other people. Mm. Okay. So now you're suddenly externalizing and making um, your worth based on, on what other people expect or what you think people want from you. Mm-hmm. But ask yourself that question, who am I? Just who mm. am I? Take a piece of paper, a pen and a paper and, and write this down. Like, who am I? Dear Sia, dear Jonathan, yeah. my name is Jonathan, and, and dot, 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 mm. dot. You'll be surprised how much of effort this actually takes. Yeah, do you actually have to think all the things you are and And aren't. to separate what other people actually think of you from so, what you think about yourself. So mm. it is not I am a lawyer, I am the first team rugby captain, but it's I am kind, I am nurturing, I am a listener. Is that how you start to build up who you it really is, are? But, but also, we shouldn't forget those achievements that we have accomplished. So, oh, okay. I am a lawyer, and I'm so proud of that. Yeah. Okay. I am a lawyer, and I got to this point because I studied really hard. Yeah. I am a lawyer because blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, you've got to incorporate that as well. You can't externalize it. Yeah. Because then you're not giving enough attention to your career, and we know that career becomes almost or more than 75% of your life. Mm. Yeah, I, I know that it's something like, I don't know what the exact amount is, but such a high percentage of your adult waking life will be spent at your job. Now, you may spend more time at home, but how many of those hours are you asleep? Of course. So of course. the majority of your conscious adult life is going to be at work. So you may as well do something that fulfills you and that you love, you know. And, and, and then bringing this back to the metric students, this is such a difficult phase. Again, it's a crisis. Oh, yeah. Because how do you define where I want to be in 10 or 15 years time? Mm. It's so difficult Do we know where we want to be in 15 years time? We don't oh. Oh, yes. Okay, Sia, Sia has a lifelong plan I know that And <laughs> I I've heard have, it several yeah. times I yeah. even have age role models Yeah he also like has people you, I yeah. need to look like in age, my age deadlines. Are you not externalizing this again? <laughs> like, like what many teenagers do, where I want to be George Clooney or I want to no, be No, not even else. that. I just want to have a wrinkle here, crow's feet there, nothing there. Yeah, I've thought about this, Doc. I think I'm saying in this I think, department. I think we need to have a chat about this, <laughs> um, you know, this radio discussion. Yeah. But uh, this is what I'm genuinely thinking about. 
some people, you know, in their mid-20s, 30s, are still struggling with these issues. Mm. Now multiply that for some 17, 18-year-old. Yeah. How do you actually cope? Mm. You mm. know, it's a very difficult one. And, and this is why this campaign came about, is we want to foster an awareness a consciousness of sorts that, you know, uh-huh. as a matric student, hey, let me just step back and ask myself, who am I? Yeah. Because even if I engage with that concept for uh, five minutes, it may shift the manner in which I make certain decisions or it may change my study pattern or, or even just my attitude towards my future. Yeah. So who am I and, and where do I see myself in five years time? What type of person would I like to be and what is it going to take for me to get to that point? You see, that's a profound word in its own consciousness. Yes. Just yes. to be aware, mm-hmm. just to have some sort of introspection. And let's face it, most people are just literally running this rat race. Oh, yeah. yeah. They wake up in the morning, I'm still asleep in the cars on the highway, get to work, have coffee, do what they need to do, get back mm-hmm. home, have supper, get into bed, and the day starts all over again. It's, I, it's something that gets thrown around a lot, this introspection, consciousness, living in the moment, and it is so much easier said than done. But you yeah. see it. takes a lot of work. There are prime of examples of, and I'm sure any, any and everyone can relate to this, you all have that one person, or many more if you're unlucky, in your life who actually molds and changes according to who they're around. Mm. And that's a mm. prime example of someone who doesn't know who they are or mm. isn't comfortable or sure of who they are. Absolutely. And mm. I mean, just think about how, how much of effort that takes and a lot of stress oh, that yeah. comes with it. Because oh, yeah. trends change, mm. people change. So that means I've got to evolve myself almost every week yeah. mm. from who I was last week. But, but once again, mm. at school, mm. you know, and I can really relate to this, school is so clicky. Mm. You know, if you don't play sport, then you can't sit with us. If you don't get A's, you can't sit with us. If you don't speak Vinak, sorry, you can't hang with us. It's so clicky and how do you even shift and mold or know who you are while you're trying to fit in? And how, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very complicated, but exactly. I will say this um, about being in school and, and faced with a lot of peer pressure, if we can call it that. Because peer pressure is not just about someone handing you a cigarette yeah. or, or telling you to have a drink. It's more it, than it's that. It's a lot deeper than that. And, mm. and like you said, Sia, it's about um, fitting in. Mm. And then we all have this need to belong. And given the fact that as teenagers, we're faced with this identity crisis of sorts, uh-huh. it's, it's about which clique do I actually belong with? Yeah. And I don't want to be with the nerds, let's face it. Yeah. Even though in recent years, the nerds have become quite catchy. It's like hashtag nerds. I think yeah. Sheldon had a lot to do with Sheldon that. Sheldon had a lot to do with uh, it. I know. Okay. Yeah. Thank him for this. Of yeah. course, you had to make a big bang theory. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, they make nerds look awesome. And, Absolutely. And you realize that they aren't just people sitting at home looking into textbooks. They've actually become sexy but they also they have games they play and yeah. they're you know, they, they have a life things. they've got lives exactly. that they lead. oh jonathan okay. is such an advocate for big bang theory <laughs> it's scary yeah yeah bazinga <sighs> that's all i want to say moving on <laughs> <laughs> i definitely see it so obvious though but let's just talk about the whole campaign um matric and beyond uh it's also hashtag hashtag matric a and d beyond yes how did that come about and what is it all about so the matric campaign which was um, initiated by the south african college of applied psychology um in in conversation with many educators um at the college we've realized that not just matric students but our higher education students themselves are faced with this you know both pressure to perform it's about mm-hmm. um establishing 
clear rules of structure. How do I, how do I study? When do I do this? Mm-hmm. And if higher education students are faced with this, imagine what is going on in the minds of a matric student. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So that is where the rooting of this campaign stemmed from. And, and what we are doing is we are not just keeping it within the field of psychology, but we are diversifying and bringing on other members, like with the Twitter campaign that we've got or the Twitter chat. Um, we will be, um, we've got many individuals. So we've got SEDEC, we've got um, the school networks of South Africa, we've got registered dietitians. So this chat is taking place later today, it's the way I place, under- yeah, Okay, from, at what from time? Three to four. So how do people become a part of that? They they obviously follow you on Twitter, or how does they it work? They can follow the, the SACAP Twitter handle, that is the South African College of Applied Psychology, or okay. the acronym is SACAP. SACAP, okay. yeah. So if you search for SACAP, that's S-A-C-A-P, okay. um, you will be able to follow the chat and, and, and follow all the, the, the professionals that are on there as well. So you will be on there and you say the South African Depression and Anxiety, Anxiety Group. Group. Yes, okay. we are going to have the Schools Network of South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, they are uh, registered dietitians and also, quite interestingly, Team Adventure Bootcamp. Oh, how, do, how does that fit into yeah. the swing of things? Well, remember that when we talk about balance um, and bringing balance into your, your metric study life, it's not just about I've got to study, eat, and sleep. So. It's I've got to study, I've got to spend five minutes on Facebook, mm. I've got to listen to music, I've got to run outside, I've got to look in the I've mirror. got to just sit and vegetate and do nothing. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. you have to, you know, stare at the pigeons outside, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. It's about bringing all these components together. Mm. So the more professionals you have, the more diverse the understanding is and the deeper um, knowledge will be created in terms of... And I of suppose from the boot camp they could get motivation of course. Um, and also some, you know, exercise is also such an important part yeah, of it you know absolutely exercise um assist in boosting self-esteem mm. really yes yes i run a particular program with kickboxing and and in self-esteem so it's counseling and self-esteem um you know for teenagers who are faced with various issues and i found over the years that you know many of these adolescents start the their journey with me with a very low sense of self yeah mm. and, and with the counseling and with the kickboxing mm. over a few weeks we can actually measure sh- differences but now is that because they start looking better because they're exercising or is it because they start feeling better or is it i suppose a combination well, think of both it. if you change the mind the body will follow if you change the body the mind will follow it's not just a cliche it's, it's, it's not a cliche. it actually happens so if you actually look in the mirror and you see a little bump you know, yeah. on your arm, bicep, you're like, well, oh, my God. Exactly. It just makes you feel a lot better and it motivates you to behave in a certain manner. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. the reason why I'm genuinely surprised of, oh, exercise is actually important or eating right is actually important because I resonate with when you know when you have your exam timetable and you're trying to cram, okay. it's like I literally just have to study, screw eating. You know, some people go just on coffee, sure. no time for exercising. How pivotal is it to really have this appropriate balance beyond description because wow. your brain cannot actually function after a certain point i mean you may be taking all this information mm. in or believing you're taking it in, mm. but it's going in and going out so you need to give your brain a little rest yeah you know in between your studying you need to feed your brain you need to feed your body and not just with junk food yeah because that makes you lazy it gives you that slump you don't know exactly what's in there we don't know in terms of nutrition what is in aye, aye, aye. So it's very important to actually feed yourself with the right nutrients and, and to get the proper supplements to get outside and just, you know, some fresh air and 
take a deep breath in and then get back to the books. And very importantly, mm. not to use, ah, I need balance and I need to go outside and exercise as an excuse <laughs> to not sit to behind study. the Xbox. I mean, really, you know, mm. the most important component for matrix should be their study timetable. Mm-hmm. And to that, they should start adding those components of, I need a 10 minute break or, mm. you know, a 15 minute run in the park or chatting to my friends or, you know, just sitting and mindlessly staring into mm. anything. Yeah. I find sometimes people, I know myself, once you create a timetable and you don't stick to it, you give up on the whole timetable. Sure. Like, so allow yourself time within that timetable to vary and to maybe this can be moved around. Don't sure. think that just because, same like when you're on a diet and you cheat, yes. then there goes your whole diet out the window. But as some opposed people to, still, even in this context, live with that golden rule of uh, cramming and I'll be done. Mm. Yeah, and it doesn't really work. For it's, some people, yeah. it may work. Mm. I mean, it's just some people have the natural gift to absorb information. But for the masses of people out there, like myself, I need to plan my studies. I need to plan my work routine so that I get information done. Um, I can absorb things and, and we can actually produce the results that we are looking for. And as much as it may work for you or may not work for you, for ultimate balance and for that ultimate productivity, you would definitely endorse you know, planning and Absolutely. thinking effectively. Absolutely. And, yeah, and not just the ahead. day before you start studying. Oh, yeah. You, know, you, you need to plan in advance so that by the time your, your examination period is upon you, like it is right now, mm-hmm. you are already into that routine. It, it, it's become a habit for you. Mm-hmm. It's not something so new much easier strange. that way. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, it's in, in wrapping up, I can't believe the hour is almost over and we have such a discussion. I think I'll give my, a, sh- a little shout out to my former principal and I know he'll be so proud of this. <laughs> well, what is his name? Mr. Hall, Mr. Trevor Hall, wherever you are, he always told us this and I was like, yeah, whatever, shut up while I was still in school. But now I absolutely understand what he says. He mm. always used to say, it's better to keep up than catch up. Mm. So to everyone riding out there and from Mr. Mm. Hall's words himself, best of luck. And thank you so much, Dr. Ali, for coming in. And thank you for having me mm. in the studio. Your pearls of wisdom, Nochal. Yes, no, <laughs> you've really taught us a lot. Just uh, in reminding us, what time is this Twitter chat starting today? Well, it will start at, what is the time now? Yeah, so it's three so o'clock. Three, three, I've already hashtagged Matric three, and beyond. Um, from three till four, and I'm sure you can post your pics or uh, your questions to us as well. And um, as a team, we will be more than willing to assist you in, and provide you with the answers. And Dr. Ali, personally, where can people keep up with you? Do you have your own Twitter handle? What is that? I do have my own Twitter handle. It's Dr. Yassin Ali, obviously. Yassin, so it's Y-A-S-E-N-A-L-L-Y. Perfect. Yes. Doctor, thank you so much for coming in on Love and Life today. It's been a fascinating conversation. I thank think myself and Sia um, have learned so much. Why didn't I get you when I was in matric? Yeah. <laughs> I was watching reruns of Keeping Up with the Kardashians and I had my whole thing. watching them. Yeah, we don't talk about I, I, that. I think Sia <laughs> must book a time to come and sit on your couch. I think there's some issues we need to deal with there. Several, several. Several. Yeah. But uh, Penny will be back next week on Love and Life. Uh, this has been Sia and Jono standing in for her. And yeah, we'll see you next week. See ya.